Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cool Mom 101. I'm your host, Emily Kylo, back at it again with another amazing guest. So today I'm talking to that Kathy Ho. So Kathy Ho is an entrepreneur who is an expert in financial and physical fitness. She also creates amazing events built to inspire and also build community. And on top of that, she's hilarious and is a comedian. So really, what can't Kathy do? That is the real question. So today's episode, we get into postpartum depression and how that experience was for Kathy. We talk about why self-care is so important for mamas. We also get into finance and how we can start teaching our kids about finances from a young age. We really touch on all these important topics and so much more. So I hope you love this episode as much as I do. Make sure if you have not yet that you rate and subscribe to the podcast. It helps me so much and I love you forever if you do it. So let's get to it. Here's episode 46 with Kathy Ho. So welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure for sure. My pleasure, girl. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. So let's get right into the mom fashions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. What's the best part of being a mom? Best part about being a mom is learning things I didn't know that I needed to learn. Of course, right? No one ever prepares you for motherhood and also unlearning things that I adopted unknowingly from my parents. You know, we always say, I'm never going to be like my mom or I'm never going to be like my dad. And then you become a mom and you're exactly like them. <laughs> you're like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's made me a better person for sure. So that's the part, best part about being a mom for sure. Yes. I love that. Mm. What is the hardest part of being a mom for you? Well, I guess the first question, and it ties really well within this one, right? Although it's, um, it's the best part. I'm learning and learning new things. It's also the hard part because you have learned things from growing up, such as negative thoughts and learning new things. Sometimes my, I guess, negative programming makes me sometimes feel like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And then there's days where you just second guess yourself and you second guess yourself even more. And then I realized that kind of um, looking back now was, was probably the start of my postpartum. Mm. So that is the hard part about being a mom for sure. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. And I remember, I remember, <laughs> remember a, an acquaintance of mine said to me when I was pregnant, motherhood is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I was mm -hmm. like, no fucking way that can be the hardest thing you've done. Like, come on. And then I became a mom and I was like, holy shit, this is, it's by far the hardest thing. And I don't want to scare people listening because I do have listeners that aren't um, moms yet or might not be moms, but it is the hardest. It is, you can't even explain the level of difficulty you can face. Um, but I also, like you're saying, what comes with that is the opportunity to learn and grow. And I think I've grown tenfold in my two years as a mom. <laughs> so if anyone listening wants to grow, get pregnant. <laughs> get knocked up, honey. <laughs> get knocked up like right now. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, was your pregnancy planned? It was planned, not planned, right? So I'd stopped taking the pill for about a year and then, um, you know, we went to a party, <laughs> got all liquored up, you know, and then, and then it happened and I knew I was like, I'm not feeling well, like after like a month or so. And then I didn't really think anything of it because I've always kind of had like a nauseous and sensitive stomach all the time. 
And then it was when I emceed a girlfriend's wedding up in Whistler, I had one sip and I ran to the washroom like, hey, something's not right. But I didn't think I was pregnant until my girlfriend, she was pregnant at the time. She's like, no, trust me. I think we need to go get you a test. And so I found out in a public washroom in Whistler. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You know what? My story's not that dissimilar. There's a lot of similarities. Mine was like a planned unplanned as well like Mm -hmm. we knew we wanted to eventually or at some point kind of have kids and then I had to get my IUD out because it had been five years so then the month after that I was pregnant (laughs) so I was like okay well here we are um and I found out at the it was the washroom at Whole Foods so also a public (laughs) washroom it's so funny hilarious because I I couldn't wait till I got home oh you know what I mean yeah, and it's so funny because you'd think both of our stories, they almost sound like something from some cheesy movie, but mm-hmm. that's like legit. <laughs> I, same thing. I was like, I had that feeling. Also for me, my period was clockwork 28 days. Yeah. So when I was like two days late and not feeling the best, I was like, mm-hmm. probably pregnant. So See, I, I wasn't, I wasn't know. late though. I was, I was spotting still. Mm. So then for me, I'm like, oh, okay. My period's a little lighter this month. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's the benefit of mine was so the same all the time that it was like very, you know, evident. Um, yes. But yeah, no, that happens to a lot of women because you get a bit of spotting and you're like, oh, okay, I guess it's just a couple days, whatever. Um, yeah. That's hilarious though. So, yeah. Public washroom. Public washroom. Ooh. Find out. Pregnancy test. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so then I, I brought, <laughs> I brought it back into the car and then I was just kind of like happy, but dumbfounded at the same time. Like I am pregnant. This is like, this is, this is happening. So then I just passed it over very coyly. He looked at it and he's like, he's like, are you fucking serious? This is crazy. So we get out of the car and we're all celebrating. And then I was nauseous on the whole car ride home. Yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. now I got to drive home. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is your daily ritual? Is there something that you do like every day to really keep you, keep you grounded? Cause mom life can be hectic and I'm a firm believer in having some sort of ritual. Yes, for sure. We as humans are creatures of habit and it took me a long time to get into this habit, but, uh, I'm trying to get up at 5am every single day. Now I'm getting up by 530, six, I'll wake up. I, try my best not to check my phone. That's something that I'm trying not to do. It happens sometimes, but I start to journal. And then after journaling, depending on if buddy's awake or not, I will meditate for about 10, 15 minutes just to get my head straight and ready to conquer whatever the fuck's going to happen during the day. (laughs) Momtrepreneur life, the juggle is real, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think taking that time. I'm not, and I always say this to women too, especially moms. I'm not perfect at it every single day. I don't do every single one of my rituals, Mm -hmm. but every single day I do at least something. And sometimes it has to be later in the day. If for some reason Leo just decides to wake up, like I'm not waking up for me. I'm not waking up at five 30. It's just not happening. So for me, it's like six, six 30 is my max. I need my sleep that way. So then sometimes if he's up, I just do a quick one and that's it. You move on. And now that you're saying that, it reminds me of, you know what, us as women, us as mothers, we don't give ourselves enough grace too. So I like that you said you don't get around to your daily rituals, all of them necessarily. And I used to be really hard on myself. Like, hey, the purpose of doing these rituals is to keep me calm. But when I don't do it, I'm getting super annoyed and pissed off. So it's like totally counterproductive. So that's something I've also had to learn is giving myself grace because I'm so used to um, tough love from my parents that I tend to do that to myself. And my girlfriend actually pointed that out. I was like saying all these negative things like back during my postpartum days. And she's like, Kathy, listen to yourself. Like, can you hear what you're saying? I'm like, no, what did I just say? She's like, you just said this, this, and this. And she repeated all these negative things I said about myself. She's like, would you ever say that to any of your friends? I'm like, no, I wouldn't. She's like, give yourself grace. And it was from that moment. I was like, okay, okay. I got it. I hear you. I hear you. So yeah. give yourself grace guys. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, there's, well, first of all, there's no such thing as perfection. No. Just throwing that out there. And so if, and a lot of the women I do talk to on this podcast are definitely like me in that they're recovering perfectionists is what I call myself. So (laughs) totally so good. Yeah. 
Because oh. I mean, it's perfectionism is just terrible. So if you can work past that, and like I said, for me, I just try and get something in. Sometimes my ritual is 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 almost two hours long. Other mm. times it's twenty minutes. It's like a ten minute meditation, a little bit of journaling, and you know. I'm okay with that. I don't, and that, like you said, I don't beat myself up. I'm not like, oh, what a terrible person or my day's fucked now because I only had 20 minutes of ritual. Yeah. Like be proud and grateful that you showed up for yourself for that much and move on with your day, like you said. (laughs) Totally, totally. So what are you most uh, grateful for in your life right now? Other than everything that I've mentioned, all the people that I've been meeting Right. As soon as I started really turning the dial up on self-care, it's just so amazing the type of people you attract. For example, you're one of them. I feel like you and I, our energy and our vibrations are like pretty high, you know, but it's it's great to be able to also recognize that all these people are showing up because the fact that I've been working on myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And not allowing people to abuse myself because I was so abusing myself. Absolutely. You are what you attract. Mm-hmm. And, and you attract you what you are. Yes. And if you aren't, like you just said, it's so important. If you aren't showing up for yourself, why would you expect anyone else to show up for you? Whether it's your 100%. partner, your kid, your best friends, I don't care how close they are to you. If you aren't really showing up for yourself, investing in yourself, taking that time you need, whatever it is that you need to do, right? you're not going to attract anything great into your life. It's going to be a real, a real uphill battle for you. For um, sure. Well, that's amazing that you can really notice that. I think <clears throat> oh, that it took a while, you know? That reflection is so important though, because sometimes we get so stuck in the next thing, next thing. And we don't always take a look back and be like, oh, wow, look how far I've come. I've worked Mm -hmm. on all these different mindset things and all these new tools that I'm sure you have. And now you see what you're attracting is much different than what you were attracting before. For sure. My girlfriend said this on one of her uh, interviews with one of her IG live members. And she's like, you know, sometimes us as women who are go-getters, we tend to forget where we have come from, exactly what you said. And she's like, if we ever forget that, look at our resumes. Look at our resumes. And I looked at my resume for two weeks after that. I was like, oh my God, like I've done so many wonderful things. So yeah. For mm-hmm. these reasons, I am grateful. Lots of reasons. That's awesome. Yeah. So this is a pretty deep question. Uh, what is your why for your life? So what gets you up in the morning, makes you connect with all these amazing people, do the work that you do, take care of your son, etc. What is your why? Oh, do you have like four hours? <laughs> um, my why, I would say... It's a little bit of everything. So from making my parents proud to making myself proud to making my husband and my son proud and my friends, right? So, but I, the old Kathy would say my why is everybody else, but my main why now is me. I love it. Right? If I don't do it for me, then it's not coming from a place of authenticity and genuine and being genuine. So then it kind of leaks into everything else. Right. So I I've learned now that I have to be my first why. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are, honey. Why number one? Love it. Why number one? Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit more about yourself for those listening. So what you're up to and what your kind of business is about and the work that you do. Oh man, what am I not doing? I'm like a, <laughs> Jack, no, Jill of all trades. Um, I think where it stems from is hard work, good work ethics, and uh, entrepreneurship that I learned at a very, very young age through my dad. So right now, I'm currently a financial advisor with a a company in Vancouver named uh, Prometheus Private Advisor Group. And we help corporations learn about how they can save money on taxes. We, my niche is of course the family market. So learning what I'm learning now is completely different than the brokerage that I was at before. So I feel like I'm almost brand new. And prior to getting into that, I was in fitness for a very long time. And I noticed two things like, 
you create a plan and you get your clients to follow. It's very similar with finances. So I, f- I found those two ch- skills that I learned in fitness are, are very transferable. But I also do stand-up comedy as well. And that's something that's really been tugging at me ever since I gave birth. Because after that, I knew I was kind of in a dark place. So then I started turning to comedy again. And then I saw Ali Wong. <laughs> and I was like, I need to do that again. Because that's true freedom of speech, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think because I was so hard on myself before that I didn't really, like I lost my confidence a little bit. And then in doing the digging and all the stuff, I realized that uh, I, I need to have a voice. So this is kind of in a nutshell what I do. And right now I'm a contestant on the Kid Carson intern army. Ooh, tell us about that. <clears throat> so Kathy does crazy things. I love to give back to charity as well. So I knew that in joining this contest, it would give me a larger platform to be able to do that. So that was really my driving force. And also, of course, wanting to get back into comedy. That was another avenue, right? I'm like, hmm, we can't really be in comedy clubs right now, but how can I be and make my voice heard? Hmm, let's try radio. And I hadn't listened to the radio in quite some time because due to COVID, I don't really have to drive anywhere. So that's usually when I listen to the radio. And then all of a sudden I turned it on, on Friday last week. And the deadline was this Monday. And then I just, I was like, if that's not a sign from the universe, like, I don't know what is. So I, I, I applied and now I'm doing it. So after this call, I got to go out and do my first assignment, oh. which is going around and asking people what they like about uh, the Kid Carson show. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, it's awesome. <clears throat> gonna do some canvassing. Yes, exactly. That's my jam. Oh, well, we'll have to all follow along and cheer you on and hope you hope you win. Yes, thank you so much. Get it, girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So something you've uh, referenced a couple times in our conversation <coughs> already is um, a bit about your postpartum experience. So I'd love to hear from you. What was your experience like? I am very passionate about talking women about this because I find it's not talked about that often still. So I think Mm -hmm. it's really good to share what your experience was and then also what you would do differently if you would do it again. Okay. Um, That also is a loaded question, of course, right? What would I do differently? I don't know if I would do anything differently because if I tried to do anything differently, I wouldn't be who I am today. But I think what I would do differently is maybe dig a little bit earlier when I first heard about it on my own versus having people tell me. But then again, I know that in speaking to other mothers, that's a lot of mothers' blind spots. You don't really know you're in it until you're out of it. Right. Right. So I was anxious about everything. It was, it started very early um, because I had even it started when I was pregnant, actually, because I had fibroids along my uterus. So then they're mm. like, okay, well, we might do this or we might have to do this because you, it might be blocking your cervix. So we, he, he, it might stunt his growth, all these things. So I was like, immediately it kind of like had all these anxious thoughts already. Like, what if this or what if that? Because you're already in preparation mode, right? I don't know about you, but as soon as I knew I was a mother, I was like super cautious about everything. Oh, Yeah. Right. And I think being pregnant for me, especially the beginning of pregnancy, I, and my midwives talked about this and they said, it's kind of that tentative pregnancy too. Yeah. Cause I knew that the, the miscarriage rates are really high in that beginning few months. And I just, I don't know. I, I really was very anxious those first few months until I hit yeah. the 12 week mark. I felt a lot better. Um, but yeah, I definitely had quite a bit of anxiety, which I don't usually have. <laughs> so Right. And I think it's natural for us women to get into that mode because then we're protective mama bear mode, right? Mm-hmm. And it's learning to do all the right things. So of course, when I started speaking to some of my friends and then, you know, some women who are just kind of pregnant on the street, like that they saw that I was pregnant, we we just start talking because you're just like, it's that common ground and you hear all these negative stories and you're like, wow, I never thought that these things would be real until you're kind of in the same position. And you're just like, wow. Okay. Noted, 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 noted. So you hear all these perceptions and perspectives and you're just like, oh, that's a lot of information. It's super overwhelming. And then you add my anxiety into it. It's like, holy crap. Of course I was going to go through something after pregnancy. Yeah. 
So then when I gave birth, two days when he got home, there was blood in his stool. So then they're like, okay, well, we've never seen this before. Let's try to rule out any blood diseases. So of course, when I went home that day, I was like, blood disorders in young kids, like hemophilia, because he's half Asian. And I knew a, a kid growing up, he had hemophilia, so he wasn't able to uh, like run around with us a lot because hemophilia is something that, uh, like, let's just say they bump their head, it, their blood doesn't clot. Yeah. I have um, my, my brother's uh, wife, his, or sorry, her um, nephews, like her, the little ones, two of them have it. And it's very interesting to see because they take a bit of a different approach. They're pretty like want their kids to explore and roam. But I totally understand that a lot of parents wouldn't even allow it. Like those kids play sports and everything. I come from an athletic background. I'm an athlete all my life. So for me to think that potentially my son couldn't be able to run around because of this blood disorder and thank goodness it just turned out that he was allergic to the the milk protein in the hospital oh. from the formula <gasps> just because from formula yeah because i had been um you know i had a c-section so my milk wasn't coming through so then of course they had to top him up is that and is that's that common with C-section? it's not common yes the the milk not coming milk through not properly yeah yeah because your body's not um Quite, recognizing yeah. yeah your body's not recognized that the baby had come out right apparently like, i know that it's out now but it maybe it's a bit slower sometimes yeah then i think what starts to play into that i'm sure is the stress right because then the poor woman is like i'm supposed to be fucking breastfeeding my kid like where's my milk and then stress doesn't help anything so i'm sure that nope, after it doesn't it doesn't. And then when I came home, the public nurse came over and was trying to teach me how to breastfeed. And then she kept saying, make sure you're breastfeeding because you're going to increase the chances of SIDS. And I was like, what the fuck is SIDS? So right. I was like, okay, I didn't really say anything. And then afterwards, of course, when she left, I went Googleitis on, on, on her ass. And I was like, SIDS? I'm like, what the? Like, sudden infant death syndrome? And then it was just game over from there. I was just like, every time he went down for a nap, I'd make sure he's breathing. I'm like putting my fingers right underneath his nose. And then if I couldn't feel it, I'll make sure I go put water on my fingers to see if I, it's like cool. Like it was, I went completely nutsoids. Like my poor husband had to deal with all that. But that's mental, like that's a mental health struggle you were having. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's, yeah. I wanted to keep my baby alive. Yeah. And I was going to do everything possible to make sure he was alive, you know? And it's just like, <gasps> so yeah, it wasn't you, fun. No. Were you diagnosed with postpartum anxiety? <clears throat> no, I didn't go get diagnosed. You didn't get diagnosed. So no. it's more now in reflecting. You're like, well, I obviously had postpartum anxiety. It sounds like from what you're talking Majorly, about. majorly. Because yeah. when we went to Quebec and he was six months old, my sister came with me. And this is what I mean by having the power of a village because you need a village, not just to help you raise the children, but to keep yourself in check when you're fucking going off the deep end. Part of my French. Uh, well, I'll just swear that much, but. Oh yes. You know? I swear. Okay. <laughs> my <clears throat> podcast, we can do what we want. Yeah. And then she's like, Kathy, I think you need to look further and dig a little bit deeper with that postpartum anxiety, depression stuff. And I was like, okay, got it. And yeah. then that's, that's when I started digging mm-hmm. and then all of this other shit came out. Yeah. I will say again, positive and can be a struggle, but I, I think for me too, motherhood really brought things back to the surface. I thought I had really dealt with, and now I'm so grateful it did because I feel like I have grown exponentially as a person and just the the things that I'm growing on that are so important, like the way that I have relation, like my close relationships and the way I'm able to communicate my needs and the way I'm able to let go of things and get back into flow and back in a positive light so quickly. I, would that have happened if I didn't become a mother? Perhaps, maybe would have been a lot slower. I don't know, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely, definitely grateful for that. Yeah. And I hear every single word when you're saying that, because that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. So what totally. really got you, so it sounds like your sister kind of got you to, it clicked that 
oh shit, mm -hmm. I need to take a look at this. Like I'm struggling. And then can you talk a little bit about what you think helped you get through it? Um, a lot of these little nuggets that came along the way. Right. And I look back, I'm like, that was the universe, like helping me out because I recognized and it was my time to heal. So then as soon as I said, yes, okay. And then I, I reconnected with a girlfriend of mine and she's like, you need to go check out this like motherhood uh, retreat thing that, that I went to it was freaking amazing. And her brain's very similar to mine. And I'm going to give her kudos because it's Barb from Aranak. And that was the first time ever I felt like, shit, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. No, you're not. All these other women are feeling this way. It was so comforting to know. And this is why I realized I need to be brave. I need to be courageous to share my story in, in order to help other women. Because you're right. We don't still talk about it enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's talked about more than when, of course, my parents were back in the day. Yeah. But- it still needs to, there's still a lot of stigma behind it. It's like, oh my God, that lady's crazy. That lady's, this is another thing about being a mother. I became way more, I was always a compassionate creature, but even more so now because it's like, why the fuck are we tearing each other down? Right. And um, another thing that urged me to go check out that, uh, that motherhood retreat was, you know, I went to some of these mommy groups and it was, it was quite cliquey, right? It's like, oh, that, that mom's not using um, cloth diapers. Like, oh my God. And it's just like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're going to complain about another's mother's uh, way of changing diapers or what products are you using? Like, come on. But then I also recognize hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. You're so right. But the judgment and motherhood, I think terrible at a bit of a different level. Um, because I think, and I try and see it from, you know, an introspective positive light, but I think moms are so, um, protective of their children that I think maybe that's somehow how it comes through, but it just, it needs to stop. It's like, I don't care what kind of diapers you use. I don't care if you breastfed your kid or used a bottle. I, I just, there's some very contentious things in the motherhood world. And it's like TV is another one. Oh my god! I say to a friend of mine, cause she was like, I feel a bit guilty. I'm like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like if you need to, if your kid is going to watch a little more TV right now, I think it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> T TV is definitely better than the iPad. That's for sure. Because they don't have the ability to go and click stuff. Right. I notice a huge difference um, in my son being on the TV versus being on his iPad. And now we just mm -hmm. took the iPad completely away because his attention span is just like, oh, he's able to click all these things. Right. So he'll watch something and then he sees something cool. And it's like, let's go to that. Let's go to that. So then we just took it away completely. And, um, watching social dilemma on Netflix, that helped too. Like, oh my gosh, if you guys haven't seen that yet, watch it. Yeah. And it's interesting because none of that surprised me whatsoever. Like, yeah. Just as my background in digital marketing and everything yeah. like that, I was like, this isn't surprising. Yeah. Uh, but it's also can, I think it can come as a bit of a shock for some people. Yeah. So it's definitely good to educate yourself and then make your decisions. Right. So for sure. For me sure. And my partner were talking like for us, I'm like, <clears throat> I don't really care if they listen to my conversations, like go right ahead. Don't care. Like I doubt it's going to change my behavior a lot. Right. So go ahead. But for things like our children, like you said, if they're on iPads on their own or that kind of thing, it's just good to be aware of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh man. You got to pick your, you got to pick your poison, you know? I know. And like we saw, talked about perfection earlier and I think it kind of falls back to that for me where there's just going to be no perfect scenario where like no. everything goes exactly according to plan every single day. So, yep. and I'm glad you emphasize that because there is no perfect day. What does that even mean? Everyone's perspectives are, are different. It's, it's good to take people's perspectives to kind of like reflect, but if it doesn't work for you, don't be hard on yourself either. No, absolutely. You know? And like for me, some days he watches more TV than others. Some days he doesn't watch yeah. it at all. So, yeah. you know, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some so days goes back to that piece, right? Giving yourself grace. Yeah. Whatever. And I'll just, I'll just confess last night, last night, he was just such a, he was very cranky and in a mood and he pretty much ate goldfish for dinner. Like, I don't know that he ate anything else. And I was like, oh, well, you know, 
one meal. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And the yeah. old Kathy would be like, oh my God, he's going to, he's going to starve to death, blah, 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 blah. Because when you come to an Asian household, they're not going to, well, I'm going to speak for mine. If you came <laughs> over to my parents' house, they're going to, they're not going to ask you about your name. They're like, what would you like to eat? <laughs> So food was a very big part of my culture growing up. So like I had a lot of anxieties around that too. Right. Like, oh my God, he's not eating. So hence why I, my anxieties when I wasn't able to breastfeed was like. Yes. No, absolutely. And breastfeeding is one of those things where I think a lot of moms, there's this pressure that you just think, well, I should be able to do this. Like this is naturally what's supposed to happen I'm just supposed to be able to do it and it's very challenging in case anyone didn't know that yet I talk about this quite a lot too it's really hard and it's really hard did you have issues breastfeeding yeah I had a whole there's a whole episode just for anyone listening who hasn't listened to it there's a whole solo episode where I talk about my whole journey with it so I had tons of issues there's no woman I'll just put this out there there's no woman I talked to who didn't have issues yep yeah. Yep. So I had oversupply issues. I had one morning I woke up, then there's memes about this, but literally my left boob was probably about a size JJ. And my other one was like, a, like a normal double D or something. Like it was insane. Like it was out to here. I, mm-hmm. I think I was, because I had conversations with my mom and sister about this before and they both had mastitis. Mm. I knew what to look for. Otherwise, I'm sure I would have gotten it. So I got plugged milk ducts all the time that I had to like yeah, saw out. Ugh. Oh my god, it was so problematic. The, it's the, problematic, man. It's hard. It was. It's painful too. Mm-hmm. And this is why I want to talk about it openly. It's so so good that you created a separate episode because yeah, there are way more stories of people who struggle than not. Right. And I think that's the one thing I definitely don't like about social media is a lot of people do post like the perfect family or the perfect home or the perfect, like they're all dolled up and they're breastfeeding. It's like, no, 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 that's not, that that is not real life. You're definitely posing for that photo. It's a photo shoot, which that's fine. And it can be a beautiful image. And I love totally, totally. But don't pretend that that's the only way that it ever looks. Yeah. It just is misconstruing for people like myself. I know I had no direction. I was like trying to grasp for something to lead me because I'm like, how can I lead this little person when I don't even know what the heck I'm doing? So I was grasping for everything. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I had such strong thumbs when, when I first became a mom because I was like Googling everything under the sun. By Just the way, the direction, you know? Yeah, like, but PSA, don't Google things. And my other, know. Yes, the other thing I'm just really passionate about is you never have to do any of these things alone. Whether yeah. it's, yeah, go find, like, like I have that podcast episode where I talk about all the struggles. There's probably tons of other podcasts. There's blogs that talk about these things. There's people on social media who are real about motherhood. And those things are free. And then my other thing is I hired a lactation consultant who was, amazing like she just was next level she was a labor and delivery nurse and she was on the podcast actually like in the beginning Uh, yeah she was awesome just amazing and I think I always tell people and you can usually find some that aren't even expensive and um do an amazing amazing job and they come to your house and make sure you're doing okay and yeah definitely that's the thing right there's like postpartum doulas too that can come to your house. I don't know I how know. that all works with COVID now, but I mean, we can all jump on Zoom every now and again. Yeah. So um, Betty, who works with New Beginnings, that she's a postpartum doula. Yes. Um, she, you, you met her at the RMS. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually connected with her after that. Yeah. And she's she so is. lovely. She yeah. wears her heart on her sleeve. I feel Barb has done an excellent job creating this solid genuine motherhood of strong mothers who are not only in business but like who genuinely care for each other Mm -hmm. she she did great she has yeah she's been doing an awesome job um so yeah betty was saying that she does 
postpartum doula work through, yeah, you can do it Zoom, which the upside is that if you don't live near her, you could still hire her, right? Like that's, yep. the, that's the flip side of it. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I asked like, would you do anything differently postpartum? And for me, that's what I would do differently is I would hire Betty. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm hiring, if we have another baby, <clears throat> I'm hiring a postpartum doula full stop. Like and I'll hire her for like two months. Thousand. Yeah. And, and just FYI, anybody who's listening, she's got five kids of her own. So you talk about pro. Oh yeah. And she <laughs> loves babies. She like, does. She just, Oh, anyway, she's amazing. And she is definitely check her out. And that's what I would do differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd have Betty help me. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And knowing what we know now back then, mm-hmm. But they Man. say, what's that saying? 2020 is always, no, uh, hindsight is always 2020. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the way it goes. So something it's really fascinating with you. Um, you're kind of like me in that I call myself a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I got this from Marie Forleo because I think it's so good. Bomb way of describing it. That's what I am. Like I, I have lots of different passions I like to explore them. So that's why, I, you know, I do a few different things. Yep. So something that I want to talk to you about is a little more is your background in finance. So how did you get into it? I'm really curious to hear. Well, I guess I kind of stumbled into it at first. And then when I did, cause I was leaving the fitness industry, I'm like, okay, I, I need to get into something more professional. And we get that itch, right? Where it's like, Look, I'm not growing anymore, but I need to grow. I need something. So I was grasping. I was like checking out um, different industries, and and then I kind of stumbled across this. So I was talking to a couple of girlfriends, and we worked at um, the fitness place together. I'm like, hey, is, if anyone's looking for, you know, a sales rep, that that's kind of my forte. And so she's like, hey, my mom's always looking for people, and her and I are now. She's like, she, she's forever like my best friend, mentor now. And so we got talking and it was, uh, was semi financial and it was just such a natural fit because I'm like, you create a plan and you just get your clients to follow it. So the skills were transferable, but I knew I didn't know a lot in finances. So I'm like, okay, I'm 35. I know barely anything about finances. I can't be the only one. So that's how I got into finances. I'm like, as I started learning all these things, I'm like, these things are actually not taught in school. Still till this day, they're not taught in school. So I'm like, how am I going to help people? So then that's how I got into finances. And now I'm working on um, taking golden nuggets from this book. It's called how to make your kid a money genius. And I'm going to create a course for it for mommies and dads to attend so that they can start incorporating these little tips into their children's lives at an earlier age, because it goes back to that saying, teach them young, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. You know what else you should do? I was trying to get Mario to do this because mm-hmm. he was working in financial advising. Mm-hmm. I really feel strongly about it also being in schools. Like I always think that, you know, it, it has to be, yeah, it shouldn't all be on the parents to teach, but it also shouldn't all be on the teachers. But as a whole community, if we can both be teaching kids, so I feel like you should also try and create something that can be used in curriculum and like sell it to the schools, the school districts. Cause I think that I would, would be really good. I would love to do that. Right. So I'm going to start with our mommy community first. Um, this is something that I'm going to be working with Barb on. Um, so I, I'm still like kind of in the middle stages of it. Cause I'm like closer to the end of the book. It's very American driven. So I'm like, Oh, this is great information. But now I got to look for the Canadian side of things, like things like the investments that are, they're talking about. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that is available in Canada, mm-hmm. Not but I know the, the, yeah, I know that the, the RRSPs and their 401k one are completely different. So I got to translate some of the things. So it, I thought I was going to launch it in October. It's now November, but I don't want to throw it a, a cheesy course and something that's not well thought out because finances is, is it's important. Why do we do what we do every single day? It's because we want to work for finances, right? So that we could provide a certain level of lifestyle for our home. And if that's not taught in school, like how are we ever going to be successful? I've seen like doctors, lawyers, and dentists, they make a killing, but then they have nothing to show for it because they don't know how to manage their money. Right. So um, I think it's an important topic to talk about. 
and to bring light to. And it's, it's a, it's a shameful topic for a lot of people because they don't want to show what they have or what they don't have or what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So I want to create a safe space for people to be able to just be vulnerable because until we can get vulnerable with any topic, the problems are always going to be there. Absolutely. You won't be able to kind of address it and move forward if you can't even be aware of it. (laughs) So I love that. We'll keep us posted on when this is. We'll have to check it out. For sure. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about before we get into the lightning round was the fact that you're also a comedian and you kind of touched on this earlier, but I'd love to hear kind of how you got into that and what's next for you with that. Oh my gosh. I don't know what's next. That's for sure. Because COVID, right. I'm trying my best to really, you know, get out there. Like I, I'm starting to incorporate more comedy into my actual, um, Instagram pages when I'm doing my friendship Fridays, that kind of stuff. But how I got into it was, um, I was working at Steve Nash at the time and we had a comedian come in and join and Corbin was helping him out. You know, Corbin. Yes. So he's like, you need to speak to my friend, Kathy. So then he brings me in and we got talking, we get chummy chummy. And I'm like, this guy's cool shit. He's like, yeah, well, he's a comedian and he's going to get you on stage. I'm like, what? He's like, Kathy, Kathy, let me tell you one thing. When I got into comedy, it was one of those things where you just need to get on stage and fucking do it. So I was like, okay. He's like, no, I challenge you. So I was like, you know, Kathy doesn't back down from a challenge. Okay. So I was like, yeah, get me on stage. And this was like August 10th or 11th. I remember in 2012 that we had this conversation. He's like, okay. So he texts me back. He's like, September 18th. I was like, Ooh, okay. A couple days goes by. And he's like, I'm like, uh, I, I feel like I'm getting nervous. Like you need to book me in sooner. Otherwise I'm going to back out. He's like, well, let's do, sorry. It was, he booked me in originally September 13th. And then he's like, okay, let's move it to the 18th. And I'm like, but that's even further. He's like, no, August 18th. So by the time he had texted me, it was probably like around August 14th. So I had four <laughs> days, four days to prepare. So it's like, you know, writing out my jam, giggling, waking up in the middle of the night. I'm like, no, I got to change this shit. Like it was just, I was laughing during that whole time. So I had really no time to really think about the nerves. I was like, okay, just prep, 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 prep. Went on stage. I couldn't adjust the mic. And I completely blanked out, didn't know what I was going to say. And then everything that I said after that was just all ad lib, but it was the best time ever. It was the best time ever. And it's on YouTube. I can oh share it with goodness. you, but it's quite vulgar. Oh my goodness. Well, you'll have to share the link with me and I'll put it in the show notes so people can yeah. go check it out. For sure. I, I think you'll watch it first and you can see if it's appropriate first. Oh, well, if they listen to me, I think it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Being Asian, I make fun of myself and I make fun of all the accents that we have, like the Vietnamese accent, the Chinese accent, and then it's quite vulgar near the end there. So, yeah. Sign That's me up, honey. Style. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the lightning round, I just want to say a big thank you and really acknowledge you, Kathy. Aw, thank for, you. Yeah, for bringing your positive light and energy into this world and just for the amazing inner work you've done that is really shining through and making a difference to your, your family and your community, which is where it's at. Aw, thank you so much for those kind words. You're the best, honestly. I don't even know how we didn't like come across when you were a member at Nash. We <laughs> talked about that, right? Probably because I was a little bitch then. You probably don't want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> well, I was pretty bitchy back then too. When you're working at Nash at the time, you oh, hard oh not God. to. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I was actually talking, I did a post recently about how, cause like you, I've been involved in fitness since I was like young yeah. and I just, you know, I started working out at Steve Nash when I was like 15 years old, like started like pumping. But back then I really, you know, I was, I was in it deep in my eating disorder. I used to work out as punishment, literally. And I was the girl on the fucking elliptical for one hour at a time. Typically. I know. I remember. I would never bad. do that kind of shit anymore. Anyway. Yeah. So it's just a good point too, that I was really reflecting on how far I've come from that. Like I yeah. love fitness and I work out because I love my body. It's good for my mental health. I just feel strong and I love getting stronger. Like that's why I work out. Yeah. It used to be punishment because I hate my body because I ate too much or whatever. Isn't it so crazy? When you start to change the things that you look at, 
the things that you look at start to change, Mm -hmm. right? That is so profound for me. And I, I too used to have an eating disorder, but I would, I would just play it off. Like I didn't have a problem. You know, I, mine was bulimia. I'd Mm -hmm. eat tons of food to make myself feel like I wasn't depriving myself. But then in the end, I'd be like going to the washroom and puking just a little bit out. I don't have a problem. I didn't puke everything out. I just puked a little bit of it out. And then I would go to the gym for hours on end. Yeah. Because of punishments, like the guilt, like, why did I just eat that much food? Mm -hmm. Terrible. I know it's not a fun pattern to be in. I was bulimic as well. And for like maybe five or six years. And I, I just remember one day I was like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. Um, I'm just not (laughs) like, it was just kind of over for me. And then of course the healing takes a long time, but I just kind of had decided. And it's interesting. Um, this one therapist I saw, she said, that's very common with bulimia that often it's usually more women. That's why I'm saying women, but often women will just decide they're like, no, I'm done with it. Um, I definitely had other tendencies towards like anorexia at certain times, but it was definitely like pretty solidly bulimia. But, um, and then add to it the over-exercising. Yeah. That was like a big part of it too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's really cool to see that, you know, you can recover from those kind of things and that totally. fitness to me is such a big part of my life and it should be fun and make you feel good. And yeah. so that's like what you want to go for. Yeah. And I look at fitness more so now, like it, I'm getting fit for life versus like getting fit to look a certain way. Totally. To be like skinnier. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you start feeling good on the inside, you naturally will look better. Mm-hmm. Right. You can be supermodel body and still look like shit because you're feeling like crap on the inside. Mm-hmm. It shows. It does show hundred percent. Okay. Let's go to our lightning round. Favorite okay. book. Favorite book. The five second rule by Mel Robbins. Mm. It's a total easy read. It's great for anybody who's struggling with anything because she talks about, you know, her journey and she's super open and vulnerable about it. About it. She was going through depression, uh, anxiety, on the verge of getting a divorce. She was unemployed. And what got her thinking was watching the, the rocket ship launch. And it was five, four, three, two, one. And the rocket just launched. She's like, I'm going to try that the next day. I'm just going to five, four, three, two, one and jump out of bed. So anytime you're feeling something or you want to move on something, give yourself five, four, three, two, one, and then physically move your body. And you're going to actually start taking action because your mind will kibosh or try to kibosh whatever comes in or thoughts that come in. Mm -hmm. So let's just say you have an idea. I'll try to kill it. So that is one of my favorite books for sure. I love it. I haven't read it. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. I've heard of it. I just haven't read it yet. Yeah. Um, Do the, uh, do the audio book. It's way funnier. Okay. Great. Into it. Favorite drink. Bubble tea. Not going to lie. Love it. My (laughs) favorite bubble tea drinker. Yeah. Favorite podcast. Well, yours is one of them. The (laughs) other one I really, really love is Janet Lansbury unruffled. Really good parenting one. So freaking good. I don't really like the later episodes because there's so many commercials now because she's gotten so big. I get that. Um, but there's still lots of great content. Awesome. That is a really good one for any parents listening. Yes. Very, very good podcast. Um, favorite TV show or movie TV shows, Ellen. Hello. Nice. Yep. Super positive light. I created an event kind of around like how she did it, you know, so we started out with a dance and then everything else was kind of like open and raw, like how she is with her like guests on her show. So I I love her. Dancing makes everything better. I know. I miss it so much. I know. I actually was saying to my friend the other day, I'm like, I, this is rare that I would do this, but I miss the option of like dancing at a club. Yeah. You know, like we wouldn't do it much, but it's like, I haven't done that in like a year. Like I'd like to go do that now. I know there's because you're feeling for sure. You're, you're just around everyone's energy. Everyone's having a great time. Like how could you not miss that? Mm. Of course. Yeah. We're energy creatures. Yes, girl. Okay. What's your favorite place you've traveled? 
I want to say Quebec. Mm. Love it. That's where my husband's been there from. I've been a long, long time, but I love Montreal. Yeah. If you've gone to Quebec, but like my husband is from a small town there. And so I always leave a piece of me behind. Like they don't use their cell phones a lot. The whole neighborhood that he grew up in, like all the neighbors are exactly the same people. So it's like a Dennis the Menace neighborhood. It's like, hey, how's your lawn? They all know each <sighs> other. and they're Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Their kids that grew community. up. Yeah. 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 Really nice. Yeah. So if you could, we can't travel right now, but if you could jump on a plane tomorrow, where would you be going? You can go anywhere you want. I want to say Bali for a yoga mm. retreat. <gasps> that sounds lovely. Yeah. That's where oh. I would go. That's well, where I would go just to unplug. Mm-hmm. I'm sending those vibes for you for 2021. Let's do it. Thank you. Okay. You can final come if question. You want. <laughs> Sorry, what? You can come if you want. Oh my God. Thank you. I actually haven't been to Bali, so. I have not either. Okay. So final question. Confidence is something that's really important to me. And I love teaching women about it because I strongly believe every woman needs to feel confident to do all the kick-ass things that she's going to do in this world. Yep. Uh, So for you, confidence is probably what got you into stand-up comedy and other things, you know, and led you to probably switch careers because that's, you know, that takes some, some balls. So what does confidence mean to you? Confidence means to me, because I've been in such dark places in my life and I think I genuinely love people. So I don't ever want people to feel that way. So confidence for me is doing anything that will empower somebody else to take action in the direction of something that they love. I truly believe that. Uh, And confidence is also allowing me the grace to be able to do the things that I love, right? And if I make a mistake along the way, it's not, it shouldn't break my confidence down. It It just means, okay, now I just have to take a different direction. Okay, I tried this way, doesn't work. Let's go this way. Whereas before the old Kathy was like, oh no, why did it work? <laughs> that was not a confident Kathy, right? Confidence is learning how to switch gears without hanging on to the past and letting that be detrimental to your future growth. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kathy. This has been a wonderful conversation. We've really gone like A to Z. So for sure. thank you for so, sure. so much. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. We'll talk to you again. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.